0: In this episode, I'm going to be finishing Ephesians chapter 4, I'm going to call it part 2, and just with some of the main ideas that I believe God's put on my heart to share with you and encourage you with. In the last episode, in episode 47, we talked about apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers, and in this one, we're going to be talking about really how God has called us to live, and this is Ephesians The second part of chapter four, come on. Howdy, welcome to God's Adopted. I'm here to help encourage you to grow in faith through stories, teaching, and practical examples so you can experience more of God in and through your life. When we get born again, he adopts us. This podcast is here to encourage us all to grow in becoming the children of God he's adopted us to become. Join me and learn to do like Peter did. Let's get out of the boat And step on the water with Jesus. In this episode, we're going to be talking about how we're being called to be more mature, and what does it look like to be being more mature and continuing on in the ways of the Lord, and how has He done what He's done to help us to be able to do that. I'm going to open in prayer. Father, I pray that you would guide our thoughts and our hearts in this time that we have, to be able to consider your truths, even that you bring to the surface or to our thoughts from the second part of the chapter 4 of Ephesians. And I pray that you would be close to my brothers and sisters who hear this episode of God's Adopted. And I just praise you and thank you for this time we have in Jesus' name. In the second part of Ephesians chapter 4, the things that really stand out to me that come into crystal focus in this reading one is this idea of we're called to live in a new way of life other words what's being pointed out is that before we were in jesus we lived one way and after we've been born again and we belong to god through jesus Well, our life should look and sound differently. Let me say it this way. If if there's nothing about your life that is different as you follow Jesus than it was before you followed Jesus, my question would have to be, are you following Jesus? Or how does it show in your life that you're following Christ? And I know some people might challenge me and they might say, well, I was never doing anything against Christ. So, I mean, my life is following Christ anyway. And if that's the case, well, I I can't challenge that. But I I definitely want to encourage each of us to look at our lives and to consider, are there areas of our lives that we need to change or that we need to be asking God for help so that we can change, so that we can be more like him, more as he's calling us to be. The last part of Ephesians chapter 4 really is going from verse 18 to the end of the, the chapter. The apostle Paul is really challenging the believers. Okay, in the first part he said, okay, God has given gifts to the body of Christ in the form of the fivefold ministry or the fivefold ministers apostles prophets evangelists pastors teachers to help the body of christ the church grow in maturity to not be little children who really don't understand the truth children who can be tossed around by different ideas and all kinds of crazy thoughts and stuff that other people present that really aren't even biblical and how do you do that well you grow in your understanding of god's truth How do you do that well you read the scripture and you study it in a different place in the new testament it says study to show yourselves a worker who's approved who's not ashamed interesting right i mean there's all this encouragement always get to know the lord how do you get to know the lord get to know the word why because jesus is the word made flesh even with anything i'm sharing with you please scrutinize it compare it to what the bible says and if i'm wrong well, tell me about it. If I'm wrong, I don't want to be wrong, and I want to I want to challenge and share truth and love. Ultimately, in this second part of chapter four of Ephesians, really Paul keeps on encouraging the Ephesians to put away the old and go ahead and live the new. Starting with verse twenty-two, he says this: "That you put away as concerning your formal way of life the old self." that grows corrupt after the lust of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new self who in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of truth. Therefore, putting away falsehood, speak truth, each one with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin." Do not let the sun go down on your anger, neither give place to the devil. Interesting. The whole idea of put away your formal way of life, the old self, and how do you identify that old self? Well, that was your thinking and everything that leads you to do things that are not things that are pleasing to God. And in, in verse twenty-three, he says that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Sure, sounds similar to Romans chapter twelve, verse two, where he talks about be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Isn't it interesting? Why? Why does it sound the same? Because it's the same truth being communicated to different people, but it's the same truth. And and here he's talking about putting putting on the new self and taking off the old. In in the Jewish culture, when they turn 12, respectively, they, they go through bar mitzvah. Other words, they go from being a child to being an adult. And the Romans, you know, the Gentiles, these are not Jews. And the Romans, typically when they turn 16, they would go from being a child to being identified as an adult, and they would, they would change their toga. <laughs> they would take off the old clothes, the, their old self, and put on the new because they're going from being a child to being an adult, and part of that identification for some of them was in the clothes that they wore. I'm saying this because these are the people that Paul is talking to at that time but he's also especially focusing on the idea of what's going on in your mind, what's going on in your thinking. As I've read this and thought about it, I can't help but to have certain passages come back to my mind uh, from the Gospel of John chapter 8, going, verse 31 through 36. I'm going to read this to you, and I think it'll be obvious why, I hope. And, and Jesus is speaking, and he says to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, "'If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free.' And they answered him, "'We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free?' Jesus replied, "'Very very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin.'" Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. Isn't this interesting? Number one, uh, if if you hold to Jesus' teachings, then you're really His disciples. Do you know what Jesus's teachings are? I, I just really want to encourage you if you don't, start learning, right? I mean, you got to start somewhere. And and that way you can hold to his teachings by applying the teachings in our lives, right? And we'll really be his disciples, and then we'll know the truth, and the truth will set us free. And what does that freedom mean? Now, isn't it interesting that some of these people listening, who were Jewish, they said, "We are Abraham's descendants; have never been slaves of anyone." Isn't that curious? Because we know that Abraham's descendants were slaves. <laughs> I mean who did Moses rescue out of Egypt and what were they doing in Egypt and for how many years, right? Anyway. Okay. Let's keep going here. But Jesus says that everyone who sins is a slave to sin. So what is he talking about being freed from sin? And I want to challenge you with this is that if we've been born again, And Jesus saves us. We we can receive forgiveness of our sins. And as we hold to his teachings, we can know the truth and the truth will set us free. And part of that freedom is that we can choose whether or not to be a slave to sin. Now, someone who's a slave has no choice. That's what I'm getting at here. And that's also what is making me think about some of this from what we were just reading in Ephesians. And so back in Ephesians in verse 23, Paul talks about that you'd be renewed in the spirit of your mind. I just can't help but to keep thinking about, oh, wow, you know, I just, I love how the apostle brings, brings out Jesus's truths in love in a way that the listeners are able to hear what he's saying. He's encouraging us that we have a choice because we know Jesus, we've been born again, If you haven't, you can be. If you're a slave to sin, if there's stuff in your life that you are a slave to and you know it and you need help, reach out (laughs) to me or somebody that you know who believes that you can have freedom and that you can have God's real help in your real life. Because if you don't know someone who believes in a living God who can help you in your living life, then I want to share about Jesus with you, please, (laughs) because he is the living God. He died, yes, but he rose again. He's alive right now. And I just want to encourage you that that we can be free indeed. And some of that is a process, but not all of it. There's a lot of it that's not so much a process. What does it mean to put on the new self? It means to apply whatever God's taught you in your life. Apply it. Do what he teaches you. Apply it in your life and keep on growing. Find out what else that he teaches you. And in, in a different episode, quite a while back, I was sharing about the idea of, you know, I could give you a list of a hundred ways to be a good Christian, a good mature Christian, but in truth, me giving you a list, even if my list is good and accurate and true, does you no good if you can't do anything with it? The best thing that I can do is I can say, well, here are ways that you can grow and let me help you and encourage you to grow. but ultimately. Whatever the Lord has taught you, that's what you have to apply in your life now. That's what he's expecting you to apply in your life. He knows what he's taught you. He knows what you've learned and what what level of maturity you are at. And I always hope to encourage you to keep growing. Turn away from the old life and turn to the new life. And I want to pinpoint and really highlight this next two verses where the Bible says, In verse 26 and 27, the apostle says this, Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Neither give place to the devil. A few things happening here. Number one, one way to give a place to the enemy, our spiritual enemy in our lives, is to not handle anger in a godly way. There are people who say and believe that being angry and getting angry is sinful. But if that was true, then they would have to say that God is sinful and God is not sinful. He does not sin. Look in the gospels. Do you think Jesus ever got angry in the gospels? Hello, of course. But did Jesus ever sin? No way. Can we be angry and not sin? Well, he says, that's what we ought to do here. Be angry, but do not sin. Why would God tell us to do something that we can't do? That wouldn't make any sense. But He shares with us that there's a way to handle our anger. And so I want to encourage you about this. If, if anybody's ever taught you that being angry is ungodly and sinning, my challenge is this. If we're made in God's image and God is an emotional God, he has a full range of emotions, including anger, by the way. If that's who God is and we're made in his image, doesn't it make sense that we ought to have a full range of emotions? Now, is it possible to have anger in a, in, a, in a way that's not healthy? Absolutely. Maybe you need help with your anger. Maybe Maybe you could use some help in understanding anger better. Maybe there's other emotions that you have or that you need to understand more fully so that you can express them better. But all of that, everything I'm talking about right now is about growing, isn't it? And sometimes if we need help, well, just reach out. You can reach out to me. You can reach out. Maybe there's a church nearby or somebody who you know, who knows the Lord and loves God. And it's obvious in their life. But reach out. If you need help with anger, then reach out to someone who might be able to help you with your anger. To be able to to say, God, God. Here are my emotions, including my anger, and I need your help. And I I, I want to learn how to be angry, but not sin, because right now I, I get angry and I blow up. Now, why in the world am I focused on that? I'm not completely sure. Maybe someone needs to hear about this. If you need more detail about, about emotions or about anger specifically, and you don't know anybody you can talk to about it, Go to godsadopted.com and, you know, slash contact, or just go to godsadopted.com and and scroll down and you'll see a place where if you have questions or anything, you can ask. Hopefully, I, I'll try and help if I can help. Uh, otherwise, maybe I can point you in a direction where maybe there's some help. The main focus on this, this second part has been talking about things that we can have control of in our lives if we have come to christ the last few verses i'm going to read them now verse 29 to 32 he talks about some more of don't do this but do that kind of a thing let me read these verses 29 let no corrupt speech proceed out of your mouth but such as is good for building up as the need may be that it may give grace to those who hear do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, in whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, outcry, and slander be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving each other, just as God also in Christ forgave you. I just love this. Here again, right? So Jesus said, Love one another as he loved. Us, other words, with his love, learn to love with his love. Even in verse 32 at the end, he talks about forgiving each other, being tenderhearted and kind to each other, right? Just as God also in Christ forgave you. Isn't that interesting? I just, it's the same truth. It's different words speaking the same truth over and over. And I love it. And then as far as our words that we speak, there's a place in the gospel and I did not look it up. But you can look it up where Jesus said that we will all be held accountable for every callous word spoken or careless word spoken. And isn't it interesting in verse 29 how he talks about let no corrupt speech proceed out of your mouth, but such as is good for building up as the need may be, that it may give grace to those who hear? Isn't that interesting? Our words matter. And what if we can't control what we say? Okay, well, maybe it's time to grow more. Maybe maybe we need help. There's a lot here, a lot of challenge here. The things that really stand out to me as far as a challenge, and I'm going to close this episode now with some prayer. The two things that really stand out are being able to control our tongues and controlling our anger, Really? and i want to encourage you about those things that if you need help reach out and and it can start out by praying after i pray for you that you just ask god just tell him out loud and it you know it can be under your breath or if you're driving you know or you're just walking somewhere <laughs> just talk to god out loud i want to encourage you to do it out loud don't do this don't pray in your mind pray out loud even if it's under your breath even if it's a whisper But just not in your mind there's something special about getting our whole being involved and not just our thinking sometimes when we think our prayers sometimes it's almost like it feels like nothing happens at all but something's different when we actually get involved more than just our thoughts so i'm going to close in prayer father i thank you so much for my brothers and sisters oh lord i pray that you'd be close to each of us and Lord especially if if there's anyone who's struggling with anger and not knowing what to do about it or or maybe they know that their anger is it, it's just not it's not in control it's out of control it's out of your control and they know that you call them to anger but don't sin and they need help with that or they know that your word says that they can that they can know the truth and that the truth will set them free but They don't feel free. And Lord, about our tongues and what we say and the kind of things that we say, Lord, for anyone who's challenged about, they know that there's stuff that they say that they they need to stop saying certain things or talking in a certain way, that it's the opposite of what you've called them to. Lord, I pray that you'd come near to each of us and encourage us and help us to pray to you out loud and to ask you for help. And I pray that you would bring help to each of us who asked for your help. I pray that you would bring your help and that you'd be glorified through it. And in and through our lives, we lift up ourselves and each other to you. And I pray for your blessings on all those who hear this and their families represented also, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. I love seeing how our real living God is working in and through our real living lives in this real world. Please subscribe to this podcast and keep listening. If you've been blessed or encouraged in some way and want to leave a review, please do that by writing your review on iTunes. If you haven't already, please drop in and say howdy in our Facebook group when you can. See you next time on The Water with Jesus.